The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So in terms of um, yesterday morning, I talked about um, describing your experience. And I just wanted to say that, you know, the form here generally, although I will check in first with those of you who... um, haven't been here yet because I I like to just hear a little bit about what your what your um, your tasks and chores are that you've chosen for the week. Um, that there's um, something valuable about even if you don't have a question to just describe what's happening for you. Um, as you describe what's happening, first of all, and and also thinking of your sharing as an offering for the group, almost as, a, as an act of generosity. Um, because the way our minds work, there's such a similarity in patterns and habits and the way the conditioning works at a human level. That, uh, and that's really where the, the practice kind of meets, uh, is, is at this, this level of looking at the conditioning, looking at how our... Um, our uh, reactivity comes to be and how, uh, how we can shift into uh, more wholesome states of mind. And this is, there's very common patterns that happen for us. And so even if you have a very specific situation in the way that we talked about describing your experience yesterday, we come down to a little bit more the, the human level of that, not the specific story level, but the human level. And um, what you offer to the group and how the exchange happens in terms of questions or what you might be noticing. Um, I think you'll find, even if you haven't had an opportunity to describe your experience, that there's something about how other people are describing their experience and I'm responding that has an effect for you, that, that is meaningful or has some something to say to your experience too. And so that for those of you who do choose to, to share, I mean, I know it can be it can be a little odd to pick up the mic and <laughs> share. <laughs> um, but it, as you choose to share, it's not only um, an offering for yourself, it's an offering for the whole group. Um, as I said, we won't have an opportunity for everybody to share every time. It'd be nice if everybody has a chance to share at least once during the week. Uh, so we'll see if that can happen. Um, let's see, there was something else that flew through my mind. can't think of it. Oh yes, that's it. Um, so um, the way that the recording is working this week, um, I'm, um, I'm asking the recording to be paused when there's any sharing that you're doing so that, um, I, and, and yet if there's something in, in my response, my response um, that I feel would be useful for for recording, then I'll I'll have the recording turned back on, and I'll try to summarize briefly at the beginning what I heard, uh, so that the context for the recording can can have some of that. Um, and so that that actually, I mean, it may it may seem like a little, uh, you know, odd to be sitting here listening to that, but at the same time. 
Um, I'm going to try that to do that pretty briefly and succinctly, and you might learn something about how to do that part too. <laughs> so you talked about the, the describing things in a very succinct fashion yesterday. So. So the question about uh, coming into mindfulness, that noticing that the whatever's going on in this moment that is seems to be related to something that happened a few minutes before, maybe ten minutes before, and a kind of an aversion that happened sometime before. But in the in the coming into mindfulness, um, not sure if. Um, there should be some kind of kind of going back and reflecting on what happened um, or just dealing with what's here in this moment and there's a there's a couple different ways to to work with this, and both are are possible I'd say in general, especially in the midst of daily life just just be with what's here in this moment. Um, just notice what's obvious here in this moment. Um, you know, l- the likelihood is that something like this is going to happen again. And, you know, because we have patterns, we have habits that, that um, you know, habits of aversion or habits of greed that will, they, they, they have a kind of a, a familiar feel to them. And so each time something like that happens, it's like you get a slightly different angle on the situation, just wherever you're waking up. Just so, so notice the resistance, notice the feeling, just whatever's obvious in that moment, whatever's easy enough to notice in that moment, given whatever you're doing. So again, you know, to not necessarily um, think about trying to stop everything you're doing in order to be mindful, in order to... So what we're trying to do is to see, can we bring the presence of mind, the awareness, right into the midst of what we're doing? And so to not feel like we have to pick up the mindfulness and do something with it. Uh, except just notice as, as clearly as you can what's here in this moment. The yucky feeling, just that is, okay, yuckiness is happening. And okay, that this is, and I guess I just go on with my day. So, so it's come into consciousness. You have become aware of it. And that, whatever you g- gain from that, and the the strengthening of the capacity to be mindful, that's kind of where we're working at this moment. Now, um, it may be useful at some point later in the day, um, when you have some time, to reflect back on the situation, to, uh, you know, think about what happened, you know, bring the situation to mind. Maybe you were talking to somebody or something, you were doing something that, you know, kind of spurred the... Uh, the um, the reactivity. And so later in the day, did I do reflective practice the other day? On Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So on Sunday I did, I did a little bit, that's right, at the, I did it with the dropping in the scenarios around um, different, uh, you know, going into a social situation or whatever. And so, and you, were you here on Sunday? Yeah. So, um, so that, that form where you, you let your mind settle and then bring back the scenario in your mind. And then I wouldn't say, so that the, 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 the distinction is to not then try to figure out what happened intellectually or to you know, think through the situation, but more let it arise in the mind and then feel what's here. 
um, the kind of, we can think back, we can like, you know, think, oh, this happened and then that happened and then that happened. And that can have some uh, value to it at times. Um, but in general, with the mindfulness practice, what we explore is how what's arising in the mind is affecting us now. And so with the reflective practice, bringing the situation into mind, some of those feelings will arise again, and you may learn something about kind of what caused it or what the root was of it. But again, you know, I, what I've seen happen is if I'm trying to think back on what the root cause is or why this is happening, um, so many of my, my ideas, my views, my opinions about why it happened are going to inform what I see um, instead of really meeting what's actually here. And when I've really met what's actually here, more often than not, I've been surprised by what's going on, uh, as opposed to kind of almost finding what I'm looking for, you know, the, our habits of mind. It's like, I'll, I'll give an example of this. Um, um, at one point in a retreat uh, in Burma, I was experiencing quite a bit of, of depression, um, kind of a low-grade depression that was happening for several weeks. And I had my ideas about why that was going on. Um, it seemed to come up a lot when I was noticing people kind of hanging out together. And there was this feeling of, oh, why don't I have somebody to hang out with? And it kind of, you know, made me wonder or think about, okay, this is related to my whole history on the playground when I was a kid and, and you know, why wasn't I included and all of that. And it's like, fortunately, I'd let that say it stood aside. It, it had come up, but I didn't, like, think about that part. Instead, I just, like, felt into the experience of the depression every time it came up. I got familiar with the different ways it came up just over time, again, just like a different little glimpse of the pattern from different perspectives. Got, got familiar with the different ways it came up. And then at some point, seeing more deeply into um, kind of an underlying structure of what the de- depression was um, built on, what I, what I saw at one point was as I really got to the place where I could not resist the depression at all, the, the, the mind became able to just be right with it just as it was coming up. And as that happened, I could feel it, um, you know, expand and get bigger. And then at some point, it's almost like the allowing of it to get as big as it wanted to, it kind of turned inside out. That's all I can say. It kind of felt like the whole experience, the mind state turned inside out. And what was in the center of it was a deep, expansive feeling of love. And uh, that was quite amazing and lovely. And then the next moment was a thought, something along the lines of, this is stupid, this is sappy, this is corny. And in that moment, I could see that the, the, the whole structure of the depression was kind of about my relationship to love. Um, and, and not about being on the playground when I was a kid. And yet if I had thought about it from the perspective of 
you know, my own views and ideas and, you know, kind of like, yeah, I know this kind of pattern happened when I was a kid and maybe this is about this and maybe it's related to, you know, that relationship and this thing that happened. I would not have seen this. And so, really, it's, it, it, it takes patience to, to do that. Uh, and we tend to have, we want to try to find something quickly. We want, we want the answer uh, quickly. Um, and yet the the seeing is really where the wisdom comes. And so I'd, I'd encourage uh, just being with what is. And then, you know, if you choose to do the reflective style of practice, again, you know, you could bring the scenario into your mind. But again, not to think about it. Just let that situation come into your mind and then feel what's here. Yeah, so thank you for that. And, uh, so the the comment about going into a store and, and noticing that carrying the meditation bench into a store and kind of the amazingness of that. How did this happen? And speculating potentially that maybe there's some underlying anxiety there, um, but not sure what's going on. Um, and I'm, I would just like to encourage, you know, again, the as I pointed to a few moments ago, when we have ideas about things, if we're if we if we apply those ideas, those views to our experience, there's a great likelihood that we'll find it. It's just it's almost like we we find what we look for in a way, and so um, you know that kind of uh, you know what you call the spectacular failure of mindfulness. In my experience. Um, I've seen things like that happen and it's just, it's actually, it's, it's just a failure of mindfulness sometimes just for like a moment. It's like the mind, the mind might have, and this, I've seen this kind of thing in my own experience, in a moment getting out of the car just for a, f- a brief moment, misinterpret where it is. Not necessarily to do with anything other than just the mind kind of glitching to, oh, getting ready to go into, I mean, uh, this getting ready to go into the meditation hall, <laughs> you know. And so picking up the bench with for that moment, you know, thinking that you're going into the meditation hall. And then the mind just kind of puts that on, on um, um, pilot, on pilot, and then doesn't notice it and doesn't notice what's happened until something else goes on, like you need to use that hand to get something off the shelf. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, just things like that, it can, be, it can be interesting, but I wouldn't necessarily attribute an underlying um, emotional state to it. It could just be a little um, misinterpretation in the mind in a moment. And, and there are causes for that. I mean, non-mindfulness is a cause for that. But, but to, to not necessarily, um, you know, attribute, um, th- attribute a, a kind of a deep underlying meaning to it. Um, just curiosity about it. I mean, it is, it is interesting. It is amusing <laughs> that you see that happen because it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of um, startling when you, when you see just how how far mindfulness can get lost. Let's record a little bit of this. I'll try to describe this. So, um, yeah, when there's patterns or habits that kind of habitually 
swamp the mindfulness, whatever it is, whether it's a sense of urgency or a sense of aversion or frustration or just whatever it is or, or a sense of spacing out, um, if, there's, if you notice a kind of a habit around that, and we all have those, we all have places or times where the, the mindfulness tends to get submerged. Um, at some point, the mindfulness will return. Uh, sometimes it's not until that state has passed, but sometimes it will return and there'll be some association with the state, maybe just even a little bit of it, of it lingering. And so when the mindfulness returns, one of the ways to begin to get some um, familiarity with those states that we tend to get lost in is in the moment when mindfulness returns to kind of take in not details, but more the gestalt of somebody mentioned yuckiness earlier or, or just like, wow, a feeling of being propelled in terms of urgency or just whatever's kind of most clear mentally, uh, just take even 30 seconds to land with that. As you do that with, um, with habits and patterns, as you kind of let yourself connect with the familiar pattern as you come back into mindfulness, what I've seen happening when I've done that over time is that it, it, it kind of sensitizes the mind to that state it becomes more familiar with that state. And so it becomes, uh, it, it, it's like it begins to wake up into that state because it becomes more familiar with being awake in that state. Often it, it's kind of late into it. It's not like right at the beginning as it arises. But the more familiar you get with it, the more the mindfulness becomes connected with it. And then at a certain point, the mindfulness may actually be available just as you're kind of heading into it. And then we can, you can kind of like let the mindfulness go along for the ride. Now that's, that's, that can be challenging because our habit potentially with mindfulness is, oh, wow, here's the state of urgency. Oh, let me calm it down. And that's probably not going to happen. But but you can, you know, be curious about, wow, okay. And, and maybe there is a need for that rushing. You know, maybe there is a need for some kind of um, fast movement or mind thinking very quickly. And so we don't want to try to slow things down artificially because our mind often knows how to do things and it just habitually loses mindfulness in those states. And so to not assume that that state itself means non-mindfulness but to begin to explore opening to, okay, can I be mindful in that state? And then likely there'll be some parts or some components of that state that are clenched and tight and, and some parts that are just, oh, this is how the mind needs to navigate right now. So, you know, just being curious about the, when you wake up after a period like that, you know, what's obvious, what's there, um, and again, patience is huge. <laughs> patience is huge because we so want to have the answer. Yeah. Let's go ahead and you know, part of the of the um, the value of this practice in this community is just this of of hearing the descriptions of what people are noticing the the blinkers and the brushing of teeth and the changing of radio and because we're in this community in this field we start to 
to become we become aware of these things, these other things that other people are talking about. I noticed this too last night. I was brushing my teeth. It's like, oh yeah, brushing my teeth. <laughs> Here I am, brushing my teeth, <laughs> noticing my posture bent over the sinks. Like, oh, this is not so helpful. <laughs> so, so just just being aware. Um, but what this points to, partly, I think, what this points to is that these these moments of mindfulness returning happen much more frequently than we think. I mean, the, the, the reason you're noticing them is because they're connected with things we've talked about in a way. Uh, and that's partly, partly what, why, why we use some specific things. It helps us to, to remember. If you, if you hadn't heard those things, probably you might have had a little moment of mindfulness while adjusting the dial, but it might not have popped into that meta-level awareness because it's just like, this is what you do, and then you, you get kind of involved in what's happening on the radio. And so this, this really does begin to point out the, the frequency, how much the mindfulness actually comes back during the day. And so, so even just the, the intention towards noticing something simple like standing up and sitting down creates the conditions for us to notice the moment of mindfulness returning. We get curious about that. And then we start to notice all these other things that other people are talking about. So to, to be curious about that moment of mindfulness returning, you, you might also start to notice it happening, not connected with anything people have done or, or mentioned. You know, just the, the moment, uh, you know, walking across the street or, you know, leaning down to drink something at the water fountain or, you know, just, just, just little, little moments of being aware. And, and let yourself... Oh, awareness is here. And, and just that simple. Ah, aware. This is, a, this is awareness. And then let yourself just go on with your day. But, but I'm curious, how many others of you had something similar happen? Yeah, yeah. So this is, a, this is part, part of the benefit of this week, that we get more moments like that. <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and record. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to say here, but we'll see. Um, so a couple a couple pieces in this um, story. So the, the 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 story about going into a store and having a habit of working around from the right to the left in the store, but needing only a few things, and so going towards the left and feeling a, a strong urge to follow the usual habit to go in the direction that's that's the usual way. Um, but playful with it, and so going from the left, and and then feeling feeling the discomfort of that, and um, well, actually, that's what I want to ask. Did you feel the discomfort of that? Um, okay. Um, so the, the 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 experiencing of the discomfort is an important piece in terms of the the other part that you were asking about. You mentioned that being being playful with it, you know, noticing oh there's discomfort, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go against that discomfort and go to the left and see what I can learn about this. Um, but then when you finally got around to the right, realizing oh there's a relaxation here, um, and wondering you know the feeling of being in control while doing this, you know, that, that in some ways you've seen in the past that you've pushed that too far, that, that you've, you've almost taken it to the point of, uh, of kind of traumatizing 
yourself again. And so what I'd encourage is like, so you notice the discomfort um, in the other situation you described. I think that was the piece you didn't really, um, really land with was just how uncomfortable it was getting as you got closer and closer to the situation. That, that my, my recollection of that was that there was a lot of, it wasn't just discomfort, it became fear. It became terror. And, and, and when the mind kind of moves into that direction, if it's, if it's building, that's probably a time to pause, to take a break, and potentially, okay, this, the, the, mind, the, the mind is saying, this is not a good situation, even though I know, I consciously know that, that, that maybe this isn't going to happen again, or, or whatever. I mean, the, the, so that some of it, some of it might be, you know, especially if you've had a situation, a trauma in the past, you know, to not go to the point where that, that fear gets so extreme that you, you can't really be with it with some level of equanimity. So it sounds like with the, the control piece, now in this situation, I di- didn't hear that level of discomfort, right? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a, a kind of more mild, and, and you could be playful with it. Um, but it, it, is, it is helpful to, to begin to recognize with that level of discomfort, if it's amping up in a situation, then potentially notice that, and and it's not necessarily to to say, um, you know, follow through on the discomfort, but but really respect that in a way. You know, don't let your you don't you don't if you have a choice, not to let your mind get into the situation of um, moving into the terror. It's like your system is giving you a warning, and and to. Now you could, if you have a choice to to not to not go there, so I would say that's that's the edge. But then also to look at that kind of the feeling of being in control, because that that was a little bit of the the pushing it too hard, right? Yeah, that you know I'm in control here. I'm going to do this, and that had some aversion in it. That had some some tightening in it. So to notice that feeling of being in control also. You know, that's a piece to be curious about. Oh, I've got this under control. Um, there's a kind of a pleasantness to the feeling of being in control. And yet there's also a kind of a tightening to it. So, so noticing both, both the discomfort and the, no, you know, the feeling of the controlling. Um, there's a, there's the, that's, that's another interesting piece to look at. And if the control feels like it's pushing, if it feels like a, a kind of a, this is what we're going to do, no questions asked, kind of, you know, almost a, a, a beating yourself to, to do something that the system is going, oh, I don't know about this. Then, um, you know, notice the suffering of the controlling there too. Um, and in this case, it doesn't sound like, the, it sounds like the control piece was more connected with playfulness than with a forcing so that's an important piece also to notice is what is the motivation behind uh, this associated with the controlling. And I'd, I'd, I'd really recommend letting the, the suffering be your guide. So in, in the case of, of this, it sounds like there was, there was the, the discomfort, which had some level of suffering. Um, there was the, the doing, 
you know, the conscious doing of practicing with it, which had a playful quality, not a pushing quality. So that's, that's important to notice. And that probably wasn't clearly noticed in, in this, is that the, that the, the doing piece, the, the feeling of being in control piece, had a playful quality to it rather than a, a pushing quality. So, so really just, just noticing the kind of everything that's happening around it. And you saw a lot. I mean, you did see quite a bit in that situation. There was one other piece. Um, control. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so I think to have the idea, so, you know, that we might think, okay, the controlling is coming through a sense of me or I or I'm doing this, right? And so we might have the feeling that, okay, that's a sense of self, so I shouldn't do that. I, I should stop doing that. I should, I should not engage in any sense of self. And yet the way that our practice unfolds, I might have said this on Sunday, I don't recall, but there's, it's kind of staged in a way. It's like grosser levels of suffering... Um, you know, aversions and greed and desire. Um, we may have the, as we gain the tools of practice, we begin to, with a sense of self, apply those tools to learn, to, to learn, to work with those, those, those reactivities. And as long as it is a kind of a playfulness and a, a, a curiosity, um, this the sense of self associated with that is much less suffering than the reactivity, than the the you know the the patterns, the old habits and patterns that we are looking at. And to some extent, it's almost like we have to land in a way with a a sense of I can do this, I can look at my patterns and habits. If we give up that possibility, we'll never get any traction with being able to look at our, our difficult habits and patterns. And so we might see, okay, so here's this, this habit and pattern, and here's this, a little bit of sense of self. Sometimes in this sense of self, we do see, as that first example you described, um, a kind of a, a forcing or a pushing. And if there is that, if we, if we become aware of a forcing or a pushing in this, this part of the mind that is looking, that's something to be attentive to. If it's a sense of, I'm doing this and this is curious and playful, there's less of a suffering there, in a way. There is a little bit of suffering there, but the suffering of what it's looking at is so much more so much stronger. And so it's like we're, it's staged that, that, that there's these, you know, certain doings, certain identifications, certain clingings or holding on to wholesome mind states. We may have to hold on to wholesome mind states in order to let go of more of unwholesome mind states. And then as the, the unwholesome mind states gets weaker, as there's more of a, uh, of capacity in a way to, to just, navigate them and not be caught by them, then we might start noticing the, the, the suffering around the identification with the doing of the practice a little more clearly. 
And at that point, that's really the time to start looking at that. So an example from my own practice to, to put this into a, something more tangible, perhaps. Um, the pattern of investigation, the, 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 the capacity of the mind to look at things and understand and see things clearly. This is something that my mind has a, has a skill with. It's, it's, it's kind of been my, the way my mind was since I was a kid, this curiosity, investigation, able to look at what it's doing. Um, and when I first started meditating, it's, I, I got, there was some identification with that. You know, there was this like, oh, I'm good at this. I can, I figured this out. And, and, and that really served me for a long time. It really helped to be able to look at the habits and patterns of anger and hatred and, and confusion and, and wanting. And there was a lot, there was a lot of weakening around those states. And then at some point, I knew, I knew there was an identification in there. I mean, it wasn't that it was, I was not aware that there was an identification with that investigation. But it was so clear that what was happening was helpful. At some point in my practice, it became very clear that the clinging to being the one who does this well, that that was suffering. It was probably 10 years into my practice before that suffering became really, really clear. And that was a whole new deepening of the practice at that point to, to begin to, to look at that, um, that, that not the investigation, the investigation that curiosity itself is not the problem, but the, the I'm the one doing it. And it was a long exploration of how to figure out or how to, how to meet the, the, the clinging to it it's kind of like they were so tied up. I felt like I had to not do any investigation at all. And it just kind of felt like, ah, anytime the mind does investigation, it's so painful. <laughs> and so I just had to watch that. And it, it was a couple-year process of watching that before the mind began to understand like the teasing apart of those, those two, the identification with that pattern and the, and the capacity of the mind to simply do that without needing a me in charge of that. So it's uh, just encouraging this, the curiosity around what's, where actually is the biggest suffering. And in this case, it sounds like the, the, the curiosity was, um, was strong, and it, it sounds like it was a great exploration. But I would, I would, I would look at that, that being in control of the investigation because it has at times been that there's been a little forcing there so when you notice that just be curious about what the relationship to that is so looking at the relationship is is important there so oh this this feels kind of playful yeah it does feel like an i or me but it feels like a playful i or me okay that's that doesn't feel like a lot of suffering right now but it's like boy am i going to do this oh yeah that there's some suffering there so maybe Maybe, maybe not. Yeah.